I start this off by saying that my panic meter on the Eagles is not at red. Okay, I am not worried. I am not ready to jump off the. Uh, I'm not ready to jump off the wall yet. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm pretty even keel, but there are a few things that I got to address about the birds that that are not sitting well with me. They're not sit. They're not sitting well with my spirit. Okay, the 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 first five games, and I won't include the first two games when Foles quarterback. So we'll go we'll go off the you know the last the last three weeks, the Colts, Titans, and uh, oh my God, who we just who we just play? Wow, that's crazy, the Vikings. Crazy how my brain works. But the Eagles have not been able to get offense going in in the first quarter or half uh, of these football games. Colts game they were they were slow and they were just they were that whole game they were lethargic and they were they were able to, they were able to win and we understand it was Wentz's first game so there's a little bit of a uh, you know a little bit of rust per se yeah, and a little bit of chemistry building needed to happen because these guys had you know he hadn't been hit he hadn't played in a real game and these guys hadn't played with him at full speed so everyone had to figure it out of course I'm talking about guys like Goddard and uh, I think at that time Mike Wallace was still playing maybe he wasn't probably wrong but you know there's a couple guys who hadn't played with him so now he comes back and since he has come back Carson Wentz I'm talking about. He's been hit the most of any quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> that like I mean that pisses me off. I This is the number what? Number one number one offensive line last year according to Pro Football Focus. If not one, uh, it's very close to the top. And they have been reduced to this. They they are they have been terrible. I mean, Wisniewski just got benched. He's not happy about it. They're playing Sayamalo, who's <laughs> yeah. we know the story with Sayamalo. Lane Johnson has not played well. The only two guys you don't hear from are Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey. They've done okay. Peters has Peters looks a little slow. I'm willing to give him a couple more weeks to. See if he can figure it out, but I am my concern meter. Uh, let's say, but my concern meter on Jason Peters is quite high. Not red, not red, of course. Not red nuclear panic mode. I'm just like the temperature's getting warm. If any of that makes sense, I'm worried. Okay, I'm worried about everything. God damn it. We, Wentz can't be getting hit. I'm already worried about him being able to protect himself. But now if, if the offensive line can't protect him, something's bound to happen. That is a recipe for disaster. He's standing in the pocket and he's getting clotheslined in the face. Getting hit low. getting All sorts of shit. We're just letting it happen week after week. We say we're gonna we're gonna clean it up. We're gonna do better. Nothing happens. 
We come back out to the same thing. That Vikings game, I, I still can't understand how you come out that flat. After the Titans game was just stolen from you. I mean, you gave it away by with the defense. Guys like Darby and uh, I, I still can't understand that fourth and 19. How they just abandoned the sideline when you knew that's exactly where they're that that's where that's where they wanted to go. They're gonna run a route right to the right to the post, right to the not to the post to the uh, to the first down marker. He was gonna turn around, and that's exactly what they did. I think it was fourth and nine. I'm um, fourth and nineteen, or it was a it was a large fourth down play. Then they ran another four. It was a fourth and four later on in that drive, and easy. But that's not. That, I, the secondary, the secondary hasn't done anything all year, uh, all season long. Anyway, I mean, of course you lost McLeod. So now Jenkins always going to do his thing. He's been he he's always a constant. Jordan Hicks has been okay, non secondary related, but Darby, Mills. Now they got Maddox playing safety. It's not good. I am where I'm worried about the secondary. I'm worried about the offensive line. We have no running backs to run the ball. Our wide receivers couldn't catch on Sunday. But they got the Giants. Giants one and four. Giants haven't been playing well either. They turn the ball over. We got to go to their house. It's a very winnable game, of course. We're going to be the favorites, I would imagine. I know they like to disrespect us. I believe I saw three points. Yeah, birds are three-point favorites. I'm confident that we'll be able to beat the Giants because they're not that good of a team, and I think we still have the talent that'll we'll be able to outlast them. But they have they have they have some superb talent on the offensive end. We all know. And with the secondary and the shape that it's in, and just the team in general, the shape that it's in, we we can be got. We're weak right now. Odell could have a field day with those guys. Jalen Mills. What happens if Jalen Mills gets lined up against them? You trust Darby? I don't. I know you don't. Saquon won't be able to... I imagine he won't be able to run on us. That's the one thing I do trust about this team. We don't let people run on us. So it's all going to come down to if Eli's on, if he's accurate, if we can get to Eli. Because if you pressure Eli, he he can't handle it. There's no movement in his game. He'll just go down. You can see you see him all the time just lay down before this, the blitz even or the rush even gets there. But I am worried. 
that if this turns into a shootout, we we might not be able to keep up. If our secondary just starts getting just starts getting cooked, we can score, but there's only so much we can do. I don't know. I I'm predicting the birds win. Of course, I'm, I'm. I sound like I'm down in the dumps, but I'm just a, I'm just a little bit, a little bit worried. We, and like I said, I'm not necessarily worried about the Giants. I'm just saying about in general this team go going forward. Because it doesn't it doesn't get worse than the Giants after this. I mean they gotta they gotta come home next week for the Panthers, which. Winnable game. They just went to war with the uh, Giants last week. Needed a 63-yarder to win. So it's definitely a beatable team. But then you got to go to London and play the Jaguars. Now, I'm confident that we could, you know, that's a winnable game because Blake Bortles plays quarterback for the Jaguars. But how many points are we going to score? And on that defense, and, and like, What's Blake Bortles going to do to us? Are we going to be able to shut that down? Is our defense going to travel? I know our defense is to travel, but is it going to travel to London? I'm worried. And then the bye week, and then after that, it's Cowboys, Saints, and everything. We'll get to that. This team will be completely different by then. Who knows who they have at running back or what what kind of you know what kind of trades they're gonna make. Let's speaking of trades, I want to talk about a couple of the running backs that you know have been the rumors been circulating. You know that were the birds or Howie or we have reached out for talking about the of course the big one, good old shady Lashawn McCoy, um, wouldn't be opposed. I know he's got a lot of uh, off the field and a uh, checkered pass per se. Uh, it's not exactly the it's not exactly the greatest guy in the world, but he would he would be the, a, a huge addition at running back. I don't. That all depends on how much it would cost to get him. If it, if it like I saw John Clayton tweet something about, or he was on some radio station said fourth or fifth. Would definitely do that. Um, I know he has no one in Buffalo has really put up any numbers. I imagine he's still got some left in the tank. But a couple of the other options intrigue me more. I'm not totally against the shady one, but I just think that's more of go. They have tended to not like to go backwards and get them guys that have been here before. I know Jordan Matthews is back but they don't they haven't really that's not really uh, a thing that they like to do it seems like but a couple of the other guys I've, I've heard people you know people bouncing around uh, I've seen Tevin Coleman which I don't see why the Falcons would trade him to us uh, or another one of their I did also see the argument that Falcons would uh, Falcons are out. They think that you know 
they're just they they don't believe they can make the playoffs. They would just sell off, and that would be one of the guys because I'm pretty sure he's coming into a contract year, that or this is a contract year for him. So they would want to just get rid of him before they get some form before they have to pay him. But I, that's not that's not one I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that one. But here's a here's the I would say the top three of guys that I would want the birds to take a look at and honest these these guys will all cost a lot but I think the Eagles need a big for a team that depends or that that thrived honestly last year on running the ball they that's how that's how all that all that offense was generated it was all off the run we were what the number three ranked team running the ball last year the number three ranked rushing offense that's how we were able to move the ball and have the success dictate the time of possession we're running teams off the field so i think i think we need to go out and get a running back that is an enormous part of this offense so here we go jordan howard Again, probably would cost a lot, and I don't think Chicago is necessarily done. They don't think they don't think their necessarily playoff chances are done, so they wouldn't want to trade their, you know, quote unquote franchise running back. I wouldn't blame them, but it's also a call you have to make because he is a talented player. He can run it between the tackles, and once the offensive line figures it out, we could just hand the ball to him 25 times a game, and it would take the pressure off of everybody on this team. David Johnson, I saw that. That's a big-time run. I don't think the Cardinals would trade David Johnson. They just signed him, what, last year? But you have to make that call as well. That would probably cost a lot. No doubt about that. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. That's another guy that I want big time. Same, I, Of course, who wouldn't want these guys? We all want these guys. But they're, <laughs> they, need to, they need to get somebody. Somebody of consequence. No Sharkandrick Wests. No, you can't just bring a guy off the streets. Uh, what was the other name I saw? Terrence West. Mike Gillisley. Uh, I saw a trade for Amir Abdullah. That none of that ain't gonna do it. That ain't it, Chief. That don't wet my whistle. They need to get. I. I they need to get rid of. I think they have a couple fourths this year. I think moving a couple fourths or a fourth and something else, a player or whatever, whatever it can do. I. I. So like those top guys, if that's you don't want to get rid of the picks. You you don't you don't feel comfortable doing that. That's fine. I th- I say bring in Shady, a guy that you feel confident you would be confident in him giving him the rock, and him being able to find holes and find yardage for you to open up your offense. And he can catch the ball as well too. So I think you can't go wrong with a lot of them. I think you just I think you need to do something. You need to help these guys out. I mean, I wouldn't mind them adding a cornerback either, but I know I know that's a lot to ask. You're not just going to be wheeling and dealing. 
All right, enough about the birds. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, the Flyers got blown out at home last night. Uh, I believe it was the home opener. Yeah, it was the home opener. Eight to two, Sharks came in and ran them over. Like it was nobody's business. Uh, I watched a little bit of the game, but it got ugly really quick, so I turned it off. I don't need to depress myself on my uh, during my leisure time. Uh, they got to turn around again tonight. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Flyers because there's there's a, not a lot positive to talk about there. The the JVR just let's see out four to six weeks. I saw lower body injury, and they got to go to Ottawa tonight. There's a man that calls himself Calvin Pickard. Is this, is this his name? Calvin Pickard playing goalie tonight for the Flyers. At least that's what I'm seeing on the interweb. So that'll be interesting. Uh, good luck to all people who tune into that. I probably will because there's nothing on. Nothing on TV, so. Might as well get myself a nice cup of bleach and watch the Flyers. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Um... I want to talk about UFC 229. Uh, what a great, what a great night of fights that was. Uh, I know I'm a big McGregor fan, and I'll get more in depth into that fight. But uh, overall, as the card, it was a really, it was a really enjoyable night. There was KOs all over the place, and and just great fights. I mean. Talk about the main card. I did not think Michelle Waterson was gonna put put it on Felice Herrig like that. She she beat her down with the kicks, kept her off of her. Derek Lewis knocked out Volkov, which was crazy. I cannot believe they're gonna do Derek Lewis and Daniel Cormier. I'll talk about that later. If I get the chance. Dominic Reyes over in St. Peru was another good fight. Dominic Reyes was whooping him pretty good in the first round. Ovin started to come back, but he got the decision. He that definitely was unanimous. Uh, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis fight was crazy. Pettis broke his hand though. They this corner stopped the stopped the fight right going into the third round. Third round would have been crazy, but Pettis had taken a beat down. Both of them guys showed crazy heart. But the main event, man. Listen. If you don't know, you now you know. Khabib is no joke. Habib, I believe is how you say his, probably his name properly. Habib Nurmagomedov. And Conor McGregor choked him out in the fourth round. Uh, I don't think Conor knew what he was getting into when he, when he was walking into the octagon. Um, I think the first round, he took him down. Held him down. Connor kind of did a good job of like saving his energy. He didn't really do a lot of trying to get up or exploding to, you know, get off the fence and stuff like that. He kind of just bided his time, waited, didn't take any shorter sort of good shots. Second rounds when he when Khabib hit that perfect that perfect right hand man, it's, you could see Connor looking at his feet, waiting for the takedown, and then 
that right hand just comes right over the top and just stuns him. Just catches him off guard. And then Khabib comes running across and crazy Connor stops, gets him on the cage and hits him with a knee. It's just a crazy circumstance and then or crazy sequence of events. And then Khabib comes back around the other side and just takes him down, holds him down, and beats him up, man. Connor took a biblical beat down in that second round. Is able to get out able to get out of the round. There's a ten eight on every every judge's scorecard. And it rightfully so. Uh, third round was more of a Connor round. He the fight stayed on the feet. You could see that Khabib was a little tired from the beatdown that he laid out on uh, Connor in the second round. That that takes a lot out of you, just firing shot after shot after shot at a dude that's just laying you know laying on the ground. And Connor was eating a lot of them. He got hit with a lot. Khabib wasn't missing, so I uh, understandably Khabib was a little uh, tired. Had to you know get his win back. He t- did a couple shots, and c- you could see Connor. Connor uh, stuffed them, but Khabib was no slouch on the feet. He, I would say, he, he wouldn't, if not dominated, he did. He was the leader in the exchanges on the feet. Con- Connor was landing shots, but Khabib was landing the ones with more consequence, it seemed like. And the third round ends. That's probably a Connor round. I gave it to Connor. But that fourth round. You saw it came out. It was you. The Connor was maintaining the distance for a little bit, but as soon as Khabib took him down, you knew it was over. I, at least I did. I knew he wasn't getting back up. There was too much time, and he had he had gassed out. He had lost all hope. That's a big. It, it just seemed like Connor just gave his neck and was just like, "All right, let's let's get on out of here." Um. So the fight ends there with a choke. Fourth round, it wasn't really a choke. It was like a neck crank sort of thing. You know, he just like got him on the chin and just tried to like basically like rip his head off. But that's where the fight ends. Not not really because Khabib throws his mouthpiece, jumps into the crowd, uh, starts beating on Dylan Dennis. Uh, Dylan Dennis lands a couple shots on him. They're throwing hands, and then dudes jump in the octagon after Connor. Connor's trying to fight dudes in there. He's throwing shots at them. It was crazy, but it's all part of the it's all part of the fight game, all part of the UFC. You can't expect these dudes not to be fighting. It wasn't like the Artest thing. Those guys, they, those guys went up to the crowd and beat up just paying customers. This was more a uh, you, you know a team brawl like a Yankees Red Sox where the dudes the bench is clear like except this time this guy went into the went into the bench went ham Khabib honestly gained, I gained some respect for Khabib when he jumped over the eye he was ready with he wanted to the fight with Connor wasn't enough he was just, he wanted to smoke with everyone he would have thrown down with Dana if Dana was ready for it but I mean congrats to him you can see that he he was emotional, but the he let the it was one of those situations, kind of like the Cody Garbrandt Dominic Cruz, where if you guys are big UFC fans uh, or or not, you know, but Dominic Cruz talk and talk and talk to Cody Garbrandt, and you could see it was getting into his head. It was he it was getting him emotional? But sometimes when you get in someone's head and you get them emotional, it 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 helps them. It makes them fight. But like the way Dominic or the way uh, Cody did that night. 
with just such great, like he was so fluid. He was moving perfect. It was like the perfect fight for him. And he hasn't looked like that since. Fought TJ Dillashaw twice and he got knocked out. But then against Dominic, he was untouchable. Khabib, you can see, was emotional, but he never strayed from the game plan. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to hold, he wanted to beat Connor up. He wanted to hold him down. He wanted to change his face, like he said, and he did it. But the reason you could tell he's emotional because a guy like Khabib, who would never do anything like that, never does anything crazy, he jumped into the crowd and started beating, tried tried to try to fight everyone. He's got the cops escorting, like cops breaking it up. He's trying to fight Dylan Dennis outside the octagon after he just won the the lightweight title. Do we just beat Conor McGregor, the notorious one? I don't know, man. Wasn't a good look. Not for him. I mean, I know it. Not that's not. That's not like him. And he doesn't want to be, you don't want him to be known like that. But it's just a shame because he could have, he could have showed, he could have shown true sportsmanship. Like, like he could have made Connor look stupid. Beating him, standing him up, looking at, looking him in the face and telling him like, I smashed you, my friend. I smashed you. I told you I was going to smash you and I did. Listen, I am going to smash your boy. <laughs> and he did. Congrats to him, man. Uh, what's next for Connor? Who knows? Uh, still, still a huge fan, of course. Will always support my man Connor. Still entertaining as, entertaining as hell, both in the octagon and on the mic. I thought the fight was still fun. I know. People don't like a lot of the ground stuff. And I people keep saying that he was like mismatched and that he was like he looks like a bum, he's washed up. He did not look he didn't look the uh exact same. Not the exact how can I say this? He looked slower. And it didn't look like he really trained the the right way. He didn't really have the right game plan. Cause he was so flat footed, and I think think a lot of what, what I think what I was looking for and what I thought would be a big factor in this fight was going to be Connor's movement how he was going to keep Khabib off balance the whole time he wasn't going to know what was coming whether the kick or punch or and Connor Connor was going to be able to use his footwork to get away from the the shots and the takedowns then you know flashback to Saturday then what actually happened it's the fight starts and Connor's like walking him down and like trying to, you know, trying to bully him and he's just flat footed walking towards him. That's not going to work against a guy like Khabib. Khabib is the bully. He will bully anybody and everyone and anybody. So you gotta you gotta use your strengths, your game plan. You gotta you, you know your speed, your hand speed, your feet. That's what you gotta do. I don't think he could, I mean, you could say, well, yeah, work on your wrestling. I don't think he, I think he could work on his wrestling for the next 10 years. And he could fight him again at 40 and just try to wrestle him. And it wouldn't matter. If you go back in time, let him wrestle for the last 10 years. 
and he comes and fights him, he still will get at beat in, in the wrestling department. It doesn't matter. So uh, do I want to see a rematch? Yes, I do. Connor has shown that he's always better in, in the rematches. Not always. I mean, he's only had one rematch than Nate Diaz won. But, you know, you see what I'm saying. He was he was way better in that Nate Diaz fight than in the first one. He sees, he gets in the octagon. He's, he obviously gets manhandled. And I think he'll be able to, now he now understands what he has to do. What he did wrong. I would, I was curious. I wanted to hear him speak and see what he had to say. But we weren't, you know, obviously weren't afforded that chance because none of those guys really did any media after the fight. Would have liked to have heard what he, what he thinks he did wrong, because there was obviously some mistakes made either in the lead up and in the fight. But I, I just, I would have liked to have heard from him and see what he had to say. See what he had to say. Uh, other than that, we got. Oh yeah, that's right. I did want to talk about that DC Lewis. They made the DC the Daniel Cormier DC, uh, the heavyweight champion in the UFC, is going to be fighting Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, who just fought, uh, who just knocked out Alexander Volkov in a crazy fight on at two twenty nine. He he took a beating, took over like a hundred strikes, was taken down a couple times. And came back in the final 20 seconds and knocked Volkov out, out cold. Knocked him down and then got him on the ground and hit him with a couple of shots. And the lights were out. Uh, so at MSG, it's going to be the main event. Derek Lewis now, after he gained like a million followers on Instagram. Is going to be the main event after he was. He told everyone that he's not ready for this five five round fight. So they're so he's probably getting paid big, big time bucks to do this. And DC just got done saying, on I believe Ariel Hawani's show, that his hand wasn't ready. He was going to try and fight at MSG, but he said his his hand wasn't good to go. His his hand and wrist it was hurting him too bad, but. I think that was only for... I don't think he respects Derek Lewis as an opponent. I don't think he would have taken a fight against, say, Stipe Miocic or, say, John Jones with the condition that his hand's in. I don't think his hand's in, in condition to go to go to war with a high... I don't think he... I, I With a high class... I think Derek Lewis is no joke, personally, but I don't think... I just... Per, I think DC... That's what DC thinks. DC just thinks he's going to go in there... He'll hit him with a, I think he'll just probably just take him down, wear him out, whether second or third round. He'll just have Lewis will just be gasping for air, and Cormier will either choke him out or pound him out until Lewis isn't protecting himself, and they'll call the fight. That's how I see that going down. But I think this is just a money grab by the not a money grab by the UFC necessarily, but they needed a big name to put in that. In that MSG slot in the main event. They couldn't have that, that main event be the Shevchenko, Sahara Eubanks, or Sajara Eubanks. That wasn't going to happen. After all, after what everyone said when they made that on, twi- on Twitter, Twitter erupted when they made that main event. But now they've righted, they've righted the ship. They'll have, uh, they'll have two big names for the main event at MSG. The heavyweight title will be on the line. 
Now they're going to do the Shevchenko Joanna fight at 2:30, I believe, or two. I'm sorry, 2:31. Same night as a Max Holloway Brian Ortega fight, which will be awesome. But so there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff on the UFC horizon. Uh, and finally, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, the the uh, talk about the baseball playoffs. Uh, the Yankees just lost tonight. They, you know, let's little let's pour let's pour one out or pour pour a little bit out of the forty for the uh, for the old Yanks. They uh, lost last night four to three. Uh, they were down four one going in the ninth. Came back, put up a couple runs. You know, Walker got hit by a pitch. Which scored a run, and I forget how they scored the other run. But they made they made it exciting. But eventually, the uh, Red Sox the Red Sox are just the better team. It's these are two really good teams, and they probably would have met in the ALC. No, you know what? Not this. I'd like to say that, but that would be disrespecting the uh, Astros. The Astros are no joke either, and that's why this AC the ALCS is going to be awesome. If you're if you're a baseball fan. That that ALCS is as good as it's gonna get. I mean, those teams are loaded. Pitching, bullpen, the lineups. Oh man, it's it's gonna be awesome. And in the NL, I believe it's the Dodgers and the uh, Brewers, which is uh, it was just a great series. Less exciting, but a great series. Uh, the Brewers have been, I would say, the sharper team. They've they've been playing the better baseball as of late. The Dodgers kind of had to scratch and claw their way in. Brewers had given, kind of been sitting on that wild card for a little bit. But that series is going to... That's, that's a tough one to call. If I was making predictions on both of these... Um, whew, I'll start with the NL. I would probably say the Dodgers. And that would be a six games. Just saw the, them throwing a beer at Kimbrell in the, uh, in the bullpen. That's crazy. They wouldn't, they just kind of like gloss over that because it's New York. But if that was, if that was Philly. Sports Center anchor be making some snarky comment about how, oh, what do you expect? It's Philadelphia. Yeah, screw you, buddy. Um, what was I just talking about? Uh, the base, the what's it called? NLCS. Dodgers, Brewers, got the Dodgers. Six games, I said. But I think it it, it could go. It could. I could be wrong. Could go the other way. Brewers are no joke either. They got Josh Racist Hater out coming out of the bullpen, but he's been untouchable. But I think the Dodgers lineup is just too much. And if you can get anything out of Kershaw in the playoffs, then they'll they'll be A OK. You know what? I don't know. I'm kinda of wavering on that. Kinda of like the bro I'm going Brewers. Brewers and six. Dodgers don't have the pitching. Don't trust them. 
they might not even come down to any of the X's nose or anything like that or the lineups or I don't trust them. So I'm going Brewers and six. And then the AL. Give me the Astros. Astros and in, in seven. By the very, very closest of margins. And I could see that I could see myself being wrong and that going the other way too. Red Sox are no joke. But that's probably that's about probably all I gotta say today. I think I got everything off the chest. Thank you for sitting here and listening to my therapy session. Uh I should be on with an uh, I will be on with another episode soon. I know I said that the last time, but gonna remain more uh more vigilant and more uh, I'll be cranking these out a little more often. Uh, I hope to have a hope to have somebody on, and if anyone, if you listen this long and you still you want to be on this thing, uh, hit me up on Twitter or anything that you can contact me. You can be on. I'll have a conversation with you. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you.